Hello everybody, welcome back to my channel and this is Zetu Zwane from Blackato Health and Wellness Lifestyle. I want to start with this quote before we get into it. When I was in Norman, Oklahoma, I could never speak to the cashier in Siswati and expect him or her to answer me. Then as the cashier starts looking at me confused, I start screaming at her again in Siswati. That's what Affirmations is doing to God. Now, this conversation, I am so glad that you guys are here, first and foremost. Um, I wasn't particularly hesitant about this particular growth opportunity because, um, as you guys know, I always call sometimes failures growth opportunities, but growth opportunities can be, you know, success, they can be positive things, but hey, you learn far more when you fail at something in life. And I think that participating in affirmations has been one of the greatest failures that I've ever had. But um, what you'll see in this many part series I'll be having with you guys, I'll be dropping this one every month just to give you guys a deep, you know, dive into it so that you can digest it, you can chew on it and you can reflect on it as much as I have. One of the key things that I found was um, affirmations are a fallacy when it comes to, you know, your Christian faith. You can't mix those two things. They're very much linked to idol worship. And in this mini part series, I'll be sharing that with you guys. Um, I am taking it from the perspective of an individual like myself, I'm talking about me, who lives in an environment where you see a lot of spiritual nuances taking place like a lot of spiritual worship so i feel as though i it took me a long time to write this i wrote this a long time ago when i remember it deep in the series i was very conflicted and i was very angry and disappointed and i couldn't understand what on earth jesus was doing and the at some point when i just closed off just out of fear out of anger out of pain and resentment um, the Holy Spirit kept on coming back to me to say that you had to go th through this so that it can be a testimony. And to be fair and to be honest, there are other testimonies that I would have like, if God had like a box for me to pick out of, I would have happily tried to pick out of those other testimonies. I didn't want this one to be a testimony for me to have gone through because of the shock and the level. But I think what, um, what, Maybe I had to go through it because of my stubborn and relentless and tenacious character. And those qualities, I feel as though, um, is <clears throat> like the biggest breeding ground for any idol worshiping individual. The second thing that you'll notice from this series, let me just get into it. I don't want to give away too much is that I think it is ideal for somebody who's relentless you know who wants to escape the fear and the uncertainties of life and and so sometimes when i when i looked at when i looked at my situation and looked at other other people's situations i said no i'm not that bad and you have to understand that from my perspective where in my location they are pastors who are preaching inside buses and not all of them are coming i okay my mom and i will always disagree on this one I personally feel like you are not commissioned by God. I don't know you. So I'm not going to tip a a pastor who calls me his customers after preaching for two minutes on the bus. You know what I mean? And and I have that conviction after I watched a pastor like punch somebody. And yes, I did humor myself. 
you may think that is wrong or right, but I humored myself because I was like, no, because that's when I started looking at what's actually happening. I was like, no, actually, since when did we have pastors coming onto the buses and then preaching to people for two minutes and then expecting you to give them money? You know, I have a big problem with that. You can preach the gospel and not expect anything from anybody, or you can preach the gospel and allow people to give to you if you want willingly or unwillingly but to then go out on a wimp and get aggressive with people i had a problem with that one so i really started looking around at my surroundings so those were obvious things so that's where i'm coming from where in my environment there are clear cult like indicators i mean we have i feel as though there's a big spiritual war taking place in my location um and given granted because there's a lot of spiritual there's a it's deeply spirited you know and i feel like um i had a conversation with another co-worker and she's like why do you and i asked her why do you follow um let's say nigerian pastors and she said that because because it's similar to swaziland where you have to have a strong christian conviction you otherwise you're going to be tempted other spirits will be, you know, will be tempting you. And I actually agree with her statement because of the experiences I have gone through. Then lastly, I want to just say that um, I want to then go off with this other Bible verse so that we can get into this and then you guys can uh, understand where I'm coming from when I say that, you know, affirmations, they give this, they have this lingering thing like God like you have to predict the future with God and that's taking away from the idea that he's a sovereign he's far more superior he's the alpha and the omega in Hebrew he's the aleph that means that he's you know he's the alpha and the omega they the is is to come and was there before and is for eternity so God is not like so numbers 23 19 says that God is not like man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he said and and will he not do it or has he spoken and he and will he not make it good so the reason why I wanted to read that post is because when the book, The Secret came out, and this is specific to The Secret, the book, The Secret suggests that um, there are hidden things that are far deeper spiritually that haven't been uncovered to you. Now, there's another Bible verse, which I won't be reading because I feel like I want to use that in the later uh, stages when I get really deep into it, that actually says that everything that God's plan has been laid out in the Bible. So I feel as though affirmations, they need to kind of, affirmations linger very dangerously in this um, optical illusion. And the, and this is why I didn't feel like when I started doing affirmations at the time, I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong because it's very easy to look at you. Know, I just mentioned the pastors in the bus, but there are pastors here who are making people drink bleach. Then there are pastors here who are making people um, have like line the floor, then snakes crawl on them, right? In my location. So when you look at those three extremes, then there's a, there's a worse one. Um, okay. Oh my Lord. How do I say this? No, I'm going to say it. When I prayed with one of my co, when with, with one lady, she, I, 
she was a fervent prayer, you know. And I was sitting there like, wow, I, I want to pray like her. So she starts off she's um with great passion and great zeal, right? And I absolutely loved it. And it is inspiring. So I think as like a new Christian or whatever you want to call yourself, it's 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 inspiring and it's as good it's good maybe to be around people who have such passion and zeal because she's so down to earth, she's funny, you know, she's a regular decula. I think you have to have I think when you're a new Christian, you have. I think it's good to have a balance of very, very highly traditional people, and then find somebody who's more like yourself. So I like the laid back, sportsy, wants to go out at the time kind of person. But then halfway through, um, let me let me use my name. Okay, I'm going to use my name. I don't offend nobody's child, and I don't want age. I don't want scandals. Okay, so let me say halfway through, I'm praying. I'm using Numbers twenty three. God does not lie, that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. And then flip into the moment. So let's say my name is a pastor's name. Okay, then all of a sudden she starts saying that Zetu's blood is in me. Zetu's blood is in me. I literally opened my eyes. I was like, no, no, no. The blood is, that's a human, a man's blood. You know, God's blood and 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 this is one of the, the things that I get super conflicted with because there's the God of Jacob, you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, and then there's Jesus's names, Jehovah Jireh, you know, Rapha, you know, the Lord is my banner. You have so many things to pick from to say that God is in your blood. I don't understand why now all of a sudden you want to say uh, Zetu's blood is Zetu's blood is in my veins. Zetu's blood is in my veins. That's when I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, you see here, this is a cult. No, I refuse. And I'm never going to pray with you. Um, I, I very, I very much appreciate you girl, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's never happening, you know? And so when you have the, when you're surrounded with those extremities, I wanted to just give you guys a background of my location. Because I've always said, you know, Christianity is localized, right? Or whatever, geographical. And chofnetly, it happens. So when you look at my um, location, it's very clear to be like, hey, I don't idol worship. You know, it's very clear to put yourself in a separate category because you're surrounded by these types of people. And then just to go back to the point of the pastors using the snakes, they... Um, that is a mixing. That is not, um, that is actually now a point blank lie. So again, it was very easy to be like, that is a point blank lie. Because number one, um, people who use snakes to get money here in this location, are mixing like witchcraft. There's a lot of, you know, like there's a lot of spiritual differences and practices that are definitely not God. But they have started bringing, they brought, there was a newspaper article, which I'll mention in the post, where they brought them to pastors. And then again, when you look at those two extremes, the physical, I was looking at a lot of the physical, okay? I didn't think that I would fall underneath the category of somebody who was being led by affirmations to start idol worshipping. So I want to go deep into this post. Let's get into this post and... Then I will take you guys on a deep nuance on this one. It's a many part series because I'm not really sure where I will end. I'm not sure what I will read. And then that will trigger me to just, you know, uh, 
just continue reading and finally, you know, put this testimony out there because I want to be the honesty hour with you guys all the hours of my life. And sometimes it includes this one where I was like, I, I can't write this, but I've been, I, I wrote it a long time ago, but I, the fear maybe, and the guilt of realizing that I was exactly the same as this lady who says, Zetu's blood is pumping through me. But I wasn't doing the physical. I was doing it in another emotional and belief, which I think maybe is worse because it's worse because the lingering, the, the blurred lines, there's so many blurred lines when it comes to affirmations. Let's get into it. Let's get into this post. Okay, so I begin by saying this post is long overdue and part of me delayed it because I was ashamed, as I've told you guys. I wish God gave me like a lottery box where I could pick. Yeah, this is a struggle I want. I want the struggle. I'm going to take the struggle, man. And then I will testify for you. I will testify my testimony. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll put on Tasha Cobb's song and I'll start screaming. This is my testimony. I am the testimony. You know, like, yeah, I'll go run. I'll run around. Man. I'll run around. But unfortunately, it was not. And as I've explained to you guys, my geographical experience of Christianity was watching somebody scream, Zetu's blood is in my veins. So obviously I placed myself at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that point before you are judging. I am judging you, okay? Anyway, yet isn't it better to write about failures too? So that I pray it saves another person from falling in love with falsehoods like affirmations also i am certain there's somebody out there who's like me mm -hmm, who wants to explain mistakes to god but wouldn't that be missing the point of grace that is very true i'll say that in one of later on in the series where when i realized i was wrong especially because i had a very negative response to being punished you know it was not being punished actually if you think about it and i think that this comes to I'll say it later, but we have a problem when God, we have a problem with understanding that God gives you free will. There's going to be this voice in a very quiet voice. And for somebody like myself, strong willed character, stubborn, uh, relentless, uh, tenacious, risk taker, reckless. Let's add that in there. The, the voice of God, it doesn't, it doesn't belong with those qualities. Ne? The, that energy can be used for something phenomenal. But when you allow yourself to use it as it's been yourself naturally, you know, you have the stubborn character and let's say a child is stubborn, but the mom doesn't or the parents don't let the, you know, don't teach the child. Okay, bring that energy in sports. But when you're sitting at the table at a restaurant, you're going to be quiet and calm. If a child, if a parent doesn't teach the child like that, there's going to be recklessness. They're going to be running around like a wild thing in the restaurant. Okay. That's one example. And I'm not judging anybody's parenting skills. Okay. But so I, when you're listening to these series or when you're reading these series, please bear that in mind that God gave you equal, higher than angels authority. Okay. And I want to separate that from what affirmations talk about, but he gave you the authority to live your life, but he wants you to choose him. That's a, that's the same way, a very superficial and silly example. When you love a man, if you, if you are seeing two interesting men, but you know, one, you know, it's bad for you, 
but he looks enticing. His life looks fast. He's going to give you everything now. He's promising everything now. But the other guy, you know, he's slow. It's his, it's his, he's not as time to meet you. He still has to develop himself. He still has to prepare himself. Obviously, you're going to go for the, you know, the shiny looking object. That the You're going to go for the 90-day weight loss rather than the stupid two-year weight loss journey that you have to go through. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to go through two years? to drop some pounds or why do i have to go through 10 years for my business to finally flourish or why do i have to wait till marriage you know when i could have this shiny beautiful object next to me so that you have to understand there's that opportunity there but when you do make a mistake the grace of god still exists you don't have to explain yourself to god um you just have to come back and acknowledge your mistakes, repent on those mistakes, right? Because you have full authority. So that means that your sincerity in repenting is part of that fullness of your authority to understand that, wow, I've been listening to lies and I have been um, living according to lying falsehoods. Okay. So they are also plenty like where I was scared, depressed, lonely and never wanting to experience those things again i was growing tired of being misunderstood by people it felt like my whole life i will be misunderstood so affirmations gave this false temporary idea that you will see at the end and it devastatingly a fat lie only concern is these feelings become a foothold for the devil okay so when you're not dealing with uh, feelings of depression, feelings of loneliness, feelings of fear of the future, uncertainty, financial fear. There's a lot of that increasing these days, especially, you know, the standard of living, forget the inflation that is taking place right now. You know, the standard of living has always been quite scary. The housing situation has always been unresolved. And I don't know why people, sometimes what irritates me is some, you know, um, some of these outlets talk about it as if it's the new normal. How is housing scarcity a new normal? All these houses are being built. Uh, all these wealthy people are building houses and nobody's living inside them. Like, okay, you want to, whatever the reason is behind it, is very selfish, okay? So that could also increase uns uncertainty and resentment. Let's say if you live in, in that environment where you've been kicked out of your location because some wealthy person wanted to build a building that no one can live afford to live in that could create resentment anger depression and just unknowing the future can just really be really upsetting only concern is these feelings then become a foothold we have pains that we think god doesn't need to take that's where these stories like hannah come through we sometimes miss the point of bringing it to god sometimes it's actually really tiring you know um and here's another point of owning your authority okay you get tired of telling god one thing but god doesn't get tired of hearing you and then sometimes i actually now understand why a lot of these other pastors say that um sometimes we're rushing to say so many things to god but we don't so we rush 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 rush. here's my list of 10 things that is happening in my life and i need you to solve them then you just walk away there's no slowing down to actually then listen to what jesus has to say over those situations there's no slowing down there's um 
hardly reading the Bible or not reading the Bible, you know, with a peaceful mind, not taking your time to dig deep into scriptures uh, and then just read over it. And then obviously, again, then there's the patience to it, because I feel like sometimes um, what I've learned from these experiences and over these years after I finally decided, OK, this is the testimony that I've been handed to me. Oh, my gosh, is the fact that um, God is always speaking, but we have to sift through all these these noisy surroundings. Our surroundings are increasingly becoming noisy and getting on the phone, living your whole entire life on the phone is making it even worse to hear the voice of God. I feel like hearing the voice of God is going to be more difficult for you because of how all the things that you have to overcome in a way, living a minimalist life might help you then resolve those ideas where you begin to hear that this is my emotional trauma. This is the devil. These are, um, this is just the spiritual realm that I have no intention of listening to. Then here's the voice of God and the voice of God. I'm telling you is always going to be the calmest, quietest voice compared to all these other loud, attractive voices that you're going, um, loud, attractive, uh, voices or thoughts, ideas that keep flooding to you. Okay. And that's what affirmations is. So unfortunately hiding some of our pains leads to sin and it's not sin. Okay. It leads to sin because then you begin to believe or we begin to idolize certain things. So I'll get into that. That's why part of your relationship with God is learning about giving more of yourself to him. It's focusing on acknowledging your relationship with him in order to close the gap the devil has to play on that guilt, on that frustration, on that uncertainty, on that fear, you know. And again, when you say, why does God allow um, evil things to happen in the world? It's because we all have authority. We have our own personal authority. And I think I had to remind myself because I'm getting really tired of reading about the Israelites rebelling. You know what I'm saying? Jesus says they're rebellious. They're rebellious. Please, he sent somebody. They're rebellious. I'm getting, I'm in that part of the Bible where I'm just like, I can't, I can't read about this thing, you know? But the key point from that one, even if I'm so tired of reading about rebelling people, it actually just shows more of your our own personal character. Again, it emphasizes the authority that you have as a person. And I'm going to say that authority is limited to your human understanding, to your human experiences. If you want the humanness of your experiences, you have a full authority of your humanness, okay? But supernatural, um, I don't like that word. But miraculous God interventions, revelations, God's unfolding of his plan over your life, that is the role of Jesus Christ. It will never be the role of a human to harness over. Unless, of course, then that's when we get into the idol worshiping. That's when we get into believing into false beliefs. So that's when we say, you know, playing on those areas. And especially when it gets to sensitive topics like idol worship. I don't believe a lot of Christians anticipate falling into this trap. I didn't. I've just explained to you guys. The pastors on the bus, snake pastors, and then pastors in people's bloods. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I looked at those clear, very egregious um, examples, I definitely put myself on the more angelic 
I'm more innocent, you know. I just want everybody to keep quiet. I want plain, simple Christianity. That's the weird thing. I like everything new except for my faith. It needs to be old school and none, no new stuff, okay? If you start putting new stuff, I'm getting out of your church and I'm going to... I need to have a Coco teach me, you know? That's my mentality when it comes to Christianity. And I kind of feel like it's made it worse after this whole affirmations thing. I just wanted to go back to raw Christianity, no fluffy stuff, no pew, 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 pew in the background. Please just keep it straightforward. And then I also... Um, I went through the extreme end where I wanted only the Bible. If you have like 10,000 books, I resented that. But you have to go back to middle ground. It, it, I had to remind myself to go back to a middle ground because there was a reason why I probably had to then go onto the extreme cousins of the snake pastors. You know, I had to go to the their cousin version to understand how deep, you know, idol worshiping can get. And why a lot of Christians, I don't think that you're a bad person for falling into this direction, but why then we need to have these conversations to bring more of ourselves out of that trap. Not until that Jesus revealed them to be as idol worshiping, because that's what it is. Furthermore, I hope this article demonstrates how misleading our emotions are and how important healing is. You know, actually, this kind of like half explains what happened when I used to ask myself, I had a friend who was atheist. The first friend I ever had who was atheist, I was in uh, grade school. And the first thing that I asked myself, I was like, huh, what happens when she's scared? Like, what does she do? And I think she was very awkward. The reason why I thought that to myself instead of asking her like I usually did as a child is because she quickly shut it down. So it wasn't like, it didn't feel like I could engage her on her perspective of why she, you know, chose to be atheist at such a young age. Um, and what does she do when she's scared? I couldn't ask her that question. But, but let me just go off with this um, Bible verse from Proverbs 7, verse 25 to 26. It says, don't let your heart stray away towards her. Don't wander down in her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many, many men have been her victims that was this is because in the middle of trauma pain or fear is a stronghold the devil takes hold of honestly i didn't i didn't like talk about the devil okay and that's where i went wrong you can't have a full experience of god if part of you waters down the events in the garden of eden isn't that why we're here since the first bite of the apple to when Jesus was also tempted by the devil, the sole purpose is to take you away from the presence of God. And um, I actually, so funny, wrote that down this morning. A lot of, um, in When you read the Bible chronologically from A to Z, the, the what you call this? When God comes to people, he it's like he's almost coming to them live, like with is like like with Abraham, which I feel like is so unfair. Um, it's unfair, but I'm also glad it's not happening because if Jesus arrived with his seraphims in the middle of my living room, I don't know what I would use a bleach, um, you know what I mean, like a taser, because what on earth are these four winged, six winged animals? You know what I mean? Like it is, that would be scary. But I, um, there's a part when I was reading the Bible this morning, um, a part of me just came and then getting tired of these rebellious Israelites. I asked myself like, okay, how come Abraham had a, seemed to have like a, 
a person-to-person experience of God. Why did that happen? And maybe in part, it's, okay, Abraham and then Adam and Eve. I think that was when we were still innocent and we were still, you know, clean. Because they say that God can't be in an unclean place. So he can't be around profanity. That's why he can't be around profanity um, and all these other things. Because it's just not holy. Okay? It's not a holy environment for his presence to be in. And so at that time, um, then I, okay, so, you know, you have like these small reflections whilst rolling my eyes because why are these Israelites so rebellious? You know, can't we just calm down? Uh, why are we humans so difficult? You know, but anyway, can we just calm down and get straight to the point? But when I was reading through it, one, one thing that highlighted to me was, wow. Um, then we became so rebellious. So that means that we became so unholy because of all the idol. And it was only because of all the idol worshiping, you know, a lot of the idol worshiping seemed to have then taken God's presence back into the kingdom of heaven, but he would send people out to speak on his behalf. One of the things, okay. So then one of the two that stuck out to me is that in, um, Isaiah, is the first time that I, okay, I noticed, I think I should read the Bible again and see if I pick up any more areas where God was sitting in the heavenly realms, in the heavenlies. And then the angels come in. So the first time is this seraphims that come through. I don't know what these other living beings and is it, is it, Ezekiel is, I'll look that up as well. Or let me know in the comments what you know, if you know what those angels are. But he came and he gave them, in Isaiah, he gave him coal. So the call is to make him, because he says that, oh, I'm a, I'm unholy. I probably am profane. I sin a lot without knowing, you know, I'm just this, you know, chaotic person. And then God, but he, when God calls you, God can perfect you, right? So then he put the call on this guy. Then the second time is in Ezekiel. Again, uh, it's an experience where this guy comes across these scary looking angels, um, I didn't understand the scripture. I'm going to go back and look at it again. But the scary looking angels, especially the wheel parts, they have like a wheel with eyes on it. It was just, it was just too much for a morning coffee uh, session with Jesus. But, um, and then he gives him a, he puts a scroll into his mouth. And I love that because it's sudden, it kind of like, it's a, it's a theme. It's a, that's a continuous theme of like, you know, just giving him the uh, the book, it tasted sweet, but just breathing in this knowledge into people. But the biggest thing that highlighted to me is that I think with the addition of all these false idol worshiping and, you know, praying to these gods, other gods, as opposed to Jesus and other idols, as opposed to Jesus, um, I think our humanness then became too too unholy but god always made a plan by then bringing forth people who would then try and bring you back to god try and warn you to turn away from idol worshiping like affirmations while at the same time bringing it back to god so anyway let's continue idol worship doesn't make you a bad person it is a growth opportunity i think it's um the more that I started to see myself the same as those snake pasta people and bleach people, you know, the more that I realized, you know what, wow, this is, um, this is not a them problem. It's an us problem. Because I think 
we're all going to have a moment in our Christian lives where we, even if, even the most humblest looking Christian that I envy, you know, I sit there at church and I'm like, oh, why couldn't you give me a more peaceful, you know, like character like her? She, like, she looks like she's happy. She's smiling. She's meek. She's everything that she really like a meek, quiet person. Why did you give me this roaring? And I've had my roaring um, character since I was age two. But as soon as I noticed that it's a us problem, I said that, you know what? It's not that you are a bad person for falling into these traps. It just says that something in your life you're holding on to more than letting it go with God. Or you're doing a dance where you, and we all do this dance. You know, you half pray. You're half praying, but knowing that you're holding on to it. You don't want to let go of it. And that could be a lot of things. It could be wanting to get married. Maybe just feeling accepted, having the feeling of acceptance. Uh, you think that uh, uh, a person can give it to you. And I actually agree with, um, I actually see why that would happening. You know, when I was trying to understand why is love something that I, I'm dancing with Jesus all the time, running around the bush with, and I don't want to give it to him fully. I was like, you know what? It's going to be really hard to give it to him because my whole world is filled with this idea of feeling completeness comes with also love. You know, there are all these phenomenal love series, love series, love books, love everything. R&B music, R&B music alone, fam. R&B music alone by itself will just sell you will sell your whole entire life that you need to experience you know what i mean and so when you've been sold with this idea and then in some parts in christianity when they say there's also that waiting period waiting for what now you know when it seems instantaneous fireworks magic sparkling dust oh make it happen right now in comparison to that why do i have to wait you know and so I feel as though we all have that, we all have that one thing. Um, if you're having a difficult child, sometimes you're going to, you've give, you think that you've given it to God, but when you're enforcing and crying and screaming and arguing with the child, okay, you're on your way to working to giving it to God, but you haven't fully given it to God. That's the same with marriage. You know, I love these, watching these Christian movies. They've actually made me realize, huh, oh, everybody's the same. Oh my gosh. You know, so I feel as though if you're at the start, rebouncing back or going through a difficult season, just watch some Christian movies, okay? They're going to make you realize that, okay, Jesus wins in the end and he saves the day. But the waiting period, everybody struggles with it. Even the meek, humble person. Because I watch a lot of these Christian movies and all of them are meek and humble and definitely innocent people. Some of them are not innocent people. But um, there's always that waiting period that, you know, is just where your strength of character develops. And so affirmations, that's why I believe that affirmations have done an astounding job at lying to so many of us by preying on those insecurities and pains and preying on those areas where we're dancing with Jesus. We don't really want to give it to him. Okay, this is me giving it to you, God. I'm going to pray and say, listen, Jesus, um, I really just want to get married, right? I want to get married to this guy. And to this thing here, but you're holding on to it very squeezing and suffocating the object of your eye without really realizing it. And then the next day you're like, okay, so I prayed for it. And then you go hunting for it. There's some things where you just should pray for and then just go sit down. Okay. Or continue living your life. Don't go on many blind dates and many dates or we'll start applying for 90 days to wait. 
uh, don't do that, okay? But we do that. We all have something. It can be your career. It can be a car. It can even be your health. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's another one of mine. You know, it can be your health or it can be even your body. And that was something that I spoke about a few weeks back on my body confidence campaign where I said even your nakedness, you're uncomfortable, you hate your body, you feel insecure, but giving it to God, being fully naked in front of your savior is treacherous, okay? But that stems from the time when we were taken away from the Garden of Eden. You know what I'm saying? Because then that's when you felt naked and unable to be completely in his presence. So that's something that we all we all are tangled with that little secret that we think is a secret. And when God starts looking at it, you're like, what you looking at? Ha! Ha! I have other areas of my life that you can look at. And yet this one is governing so many, it's spilling over into so many areas. And you will see that because I spoke about that in my body confidence book. So anyway, so that's why I believe and I want to enforce the devil will hold that place up until you learn to live in. We live in a space where vulnerabilities are inevitable. Like I just said, you know, before COVID happened, there was a lot of, there were a lot of newspaper articles that looked like they were just hidden amongst too much noise where there's like housing insecurity, housing insecurity. And it was so weird. At some point I was like, wow, guys, every continent has a housing insecurity. What's going on? And when you read about, um, when you read about, you know, like I just said, some of these people who are buying entire streets and nobody's living in them, the news says economic recessions are going to be normal. Uh, housing insecurities are going to be normal. And, so it's just an a rising tide, a tornado, a just a, a a whirling wind of roaring fire of just uh you know calamities that are happening around us. And so then there was this odd pandemic that shut the whole world off and caused unimaginable pain. How many people have lost lives? How many people lost their loved ones? How many people unimaginable pain? You don't imagine yourself being in that position. Similarly, how I didn't imagine myself to have idol worship. You don't think that, um, oh, I can, when you immediately say, I will fix this for myself, that is you taking away, that's you idolizing your ability to do something more than allowing the sovereignty, the glory of God and understanding and relishing and enjoying in the glory of his presence and what God is capable, God will do in your life. So unimaginable things cause you to have those tangled and, and, you know, those tangled and tangled frustrations where we just can't give it to Jesus. It's pains we never think to prepare for that gets us the most pain. I mean, for me, when I look at the rising, actually, when I looked at the rising crime rates in my con in my area, I was very sad because I was like, this is not maliciousness. You know, this is a direct result of the fires, the protests that had taken place where now uh, so many people are left out of work. And then what do you do out of work? You know, how can we then assist our community members during that time of this unimaginable moment where you would 
you were first shut down from a protest, then you're shut down from, I mean, you're first shut down from a pandemic, now you're shut down from a protest. It's an an uncanny experience. And before even uncanny experiences like housing crisis, a lot of people, it could be disease, getting a divorce, um, getting a divorce and you still want to love, you know? And it kind of explains like some um, people who marry eight times, who marry four times, uh, that yearning, you know, we all have a yearning that we need to give to God and haven't yet given to him. Okay, so that's why they've done an outstanding job to, uh, affirmations have done a phenomenal job at clinging onto those insecurities and then giving you false ideas and false hopes. Then there's another tug of war. Look at the successful, look at the beautiful, look at the happy and have a car and a career if you're not stuck watching relationship shows, there's career shows. Or if you're not watching people on Instagram, there's always Pinterest. Unfortunately, none of these social media posts show enough heartbreaking job loss or death. But do we even want to see that? Are you uncomfortable with the truths of life that sometimes the inevitable happens? Being uncomfortable by so many... Okay, pause. A lot of Swazis, they just say, this is a season that you just have to go through. And I really like that. It kind of explained, uh, when I was in school, they said that um, Africans take depression differently from um, maybe uh, Americans, where Africans just think of it as a seasonal thing. And I did get that a lot when I came here. When you were just talking about, you know, trials and tribulations a lot with the a lot with the banker ladies. I, I don't know why. I love talking to bankers. You know what? Actually... I don't know. You guys should come to just Eswatini and go to FMB, Swaziland. This is one woman, I swear to you, on my life, okay? She, if, just talk to this bank lady. She's the, besides the bartenders from Malandela's, she's phenomenal at just life giving advice. And then she goes, it's just the season that you have to go through. And the way that she says it, it's, it has like that motherly authority. And I don't know why moms have like that ne next to Jesus, okay? Secretly moms are not the Pope, okay? Moms are next to Jesus. They have that authoritative mom voice where you're like, yeah, she's right. You're right. This is just a season that you have to go through. Where sometimes, in, you know, in those scholars and those writings, they say Americans, um, they, depression is kind of, they link it to themselves more than just, this is just a season that you have to go through. You know, it's like, oh, why, why me? There's a lot of, um, you know, maybe self-guilt that go happens as opposed to just acknowledging as a season not talking about all americans okay this is just a study it was definitely done on a few people not on everyone but um it happens these things are inevitable and again it goes back to the authority of that we have you have the authority to choose god and so that that means that you have the authority to be a righteous and caring person it, I, I believe that, you know, there is a way to solve, you know, the housing crisis. I'm not saying maybe in partly it has to do with their hearts because why would you build a couple of buildings, a whole street of buildings, and nobody can live in them? Like, think sustainability for the people in your area. If you're not thinking towards those areas, then that is your right, right? We talk about freedom of speech. As a human, you have a freedom to choose. So... When you think of calamities in some parts, instead of blaming God and thinking God punishes, then God is in questioning the power of God. We should understand that we're also in a tanglement of, you know, people have the authority, people have the authority to do this.
but you can still pray for justice. Okay. I don't want to go too deep into that one because I think that should be a separate topic, but being confronted by so many unimaginable things can do something to someone. Unimaginable can be the girl thinking she'll never be cheated on. That is actually a thing. And somebody needs to go to high school children and tell them to stop taking beliefs from high school and cementing them as adult beliefs. High school is supposed to be like a reckless uh, spring break experience, okay? You just live that life, that whole week, your whole life of high school, and then flush it out. It has nothing to do with the rest of your life. And yet, we take it and we cement those experiences in high school. Thinking that she'll never be cheated on. These ideas. And strangely, we take so many experiences from teenhood into adulthood. Okay? And so that's why, I mean, you must start telling teenagers that it's spring break. Okay? High school is spring break. Don't take any of these beliefs. Because there's going to be new beliefs that you that you will finally see making more sense in, in as an adult. And instead of being conflicted with yourself, just say, you know what? High school was a spring break, the longest spring break of my life. I'm going to flesh it out and I'm starting a new, I can bring a new me into this game. I want to put something new into myself here. So what about dating? Some teens date wrong. Why I say this is because some teens date wrong, but end up carrying this idea that men are trash into adulthood. Um, you know what? And then another one can be a byproduct of your uh, society. My sister is more of a phenomenal person to talk on the subject with. Uh, being in a polygamous environment can make women very catty and competitive because uh, it's something that you watched your parents doing. And then yet you don't realize that, no, I have a choice. I don't have to be in a polygamous relationship. Maybe our parents, there was more polygamy. So... You don't realize that the, your attitude of fighting with women, competing with women. I think you guys have been here long enough. You've you've heard of some of my crazy, you know, moments with women where there's a you have to, you know, break that cycle and be like, no, my parents generation is like that because there was a lot of polygamy. I don't have to be in a polygamous relationship, but there was a lot of polygamy because of security, a lot of polygamy because of culture. There are deep nuanced reasons for polygamy. But we carry those beliefs from observation without realizing to break that cycle. So we forget to tell ourselves that your younger self was lost, was observing and absorbing everything that they had found. And you forget to tell yourself that it's okay to make mistakes. High school is not the end all, end of. But we have a lot of people, including myself, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people who carried a lot of baggage from high school into adulthood. And then now you see it bleeding into so many places. Again, this could be, you know, if people didn't understand my body when I was in swimming, okay? And they poke at it, they, they ask so many questions, they, you know, it felt overwhelming, overwhelming and slightly humiliating i didn't come here into the swimming space so that you can poke me the whole day the only reason why i started to love my body and wanted to explore it because there were a couple of things one a mom's friend took me to the side and taught me how to dress because she has she has a bigger body but like my body so she loved my body she has big calves so she was like stop wearing flat pants flat pants are going to destroy your your body you've got big calves ne? so you need to wear tight pants 
Don't be scared of tight pants. Show more of your curves. These flared pants make your body even look huger than it is. Then there was Serena Williams, who I absolutely... My dad was like, no, she looks like... Um, we were, they were having an argument about why am I wearing these tight clothes all of a sudden. Then dad was like, no, she looks like Serena Williams. You should let her show her body off. And then I went full-blown confidence-wise. I was convinced. I was committed. Yes, I look like Serena Williams. I'm happy looking like her. Um, let me continue. So there are those moments where you get those ideas. Sometimes people can help you, um, change. Other people can't help you change. So let's say if you didn't have that mom, you would continue wearing flared pants because somebody told you that, you know, big people should wear, um, she can't wear form fitting clothes. We don't want to see your bigness. That's exactly what they're saying without even saying it. You know what I mean? I've gone to shops where there's a sales associate i have an extra small stomach and then these big thighs right where they would take me away from the extra small uh clothing and so if you don't have that mom who'd be like why are you buying these big tops you must stop it you know she one point got irritated with the big tops thing you know if you don't have that mom constantly doing that with you it's very easy to fall trap into somebody convincing you that something um that there's something you know that you're wrong and you have to go fix this so we all have had something and in those moments that we forget that we're all carrying something it's okay to make mistakes because you're carrying beliefs you're carrying the way that people have told you you're carrying observations from you know fighting moms you're carrying observations from anything you forget that it's okay to sit with a growth opportunity are still possible and life will get better some of you might carry the hurts of your mothers. Watching your mom cry every night affects how you see even poverty, for example. Or watching your mom struggle. Even if your mom has a humble smile, but the fact that she's pushing and, you know, continuing in this direction, that has an impact on you because in your heart, you want to resolve the issues of your mom had. We also have good things that... um. We also have good things that drive us and motivate us, like the dri driven career man. Some of you may have observed a successful man and want to work with, like him. What you don't see is all the time Caesar stops certain things in his career, man's life, because of how it would have ruined him. We take so much of life at face value. We buy into these ideas and then slapstick them, um, then stick God next to them. I want to be a career woman, so I'll stick next to my... I'll stick God next to my career plan. Who said that's your path? Or we're, we're walking up a pandemic, you see a nice car, then you go like, wow, I want to go and work at that job. Who said that is your path? Then you slap, you slap stick God next to that idea and you go work into the job and realize, ah, ah, I don't belong here. But more of that later. What you buy into is not always God. Nonetheless, when you sin or make a mistake you didn't catch, don't run away from God. What you'll see from this series is affirmations make you shove your ideas and dreams in God's face and then expect it to happen. Like you have the final decision as opposed to the other way around. You know, remember that quote where it says, you write in a pen but give the God the the rubber so that the eraser so that he can make the final point yes affirmations are not doing that whereas we're supposed to pray our dreams 
and let God reveal a more ideal plan. Most of affirmations rob you of true faith because again, you're now doing God's job. There's this subtle denial that Christians make and predictions is that, that Christians are making. Predictions is not like reading tarot cards. Read all the series on this to see why it's why this is wrong. There's a subtle lie is where the devil now schemes and has been success, successful as you will read in this series. This is why I believe you're not an evil person for falling into the trap, but you will need a new strategy and that includes healing, a vigilant heart, and a new heart. Okay, guys, so I'm going to stop, 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 stop it right there. And I would love for you guys to continue reading because I said revisiting what God in your heart means. There's more on that on my blog. There's also being surrounded by physical idols blinded me from seeing mine as I've explained to you guys in the beginning. And then affirmations are predicting and dictating God's voice. I would love for you guys to go read that section because I think it really just dives into the nuances of why we have to revisit God's word. And then why it goes back to the my initial topic where it says that if you believe in affirmations, you are somehow saying that God lied. God is not a man that he should lie. Why everything that, and I'll say that in my other series, I'll go deeper into why I believe that is the case. Everything that you need to understand about experiencing kingdom promises of Jesus Christ are in the Bible. These are in the Bible. And then you have people like myself who have revelations. You have people who have testimonies. You have pastors who go deep into it. Um, because we have to see, because it's important to understand what the, what's happening in the world today. And if there's so many idol worship, there's so many cults. Um, idol worship is not as clear as just watching somebody scream their zetu in my veins. It goes deeper than that. It's in the heart. It's entrenched in your heart. And if we can talk about that more, if we can raise that awareness more, it'll bring us back to truth and it'll heal your relationship with Christ so that you get to experience the realness of God as opposed to being misled by all these ideas. And then lastly, I would encourage a lot of people just to go and start reading the Bible because as you'll see in the later series, that was also probably one of the reasons why I didn't feel like the, I surrounded myself as a Christian wellness lifestyle blog. I surrounded myself with a lot of Christian posts, a lot of Christian boards. Then I thought that was, at some point you feel like it's sufficient. You start to tell yourself that it's sufficient when it actually really is not. Because then you're missing out on a pure and beautiful relationship that the Bible can give you. And I sometimes... And I sometimes feel like maybe there's something withheld from you because you're just not picking up the Bible. So it's time to go pick up the Bible, go pick up the old book. Um, I talk about it in part two, and I'm so happy for you guys to hear part two of the series. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Definitely go read the part about, you know, affirmations is predicting the voice of God. You cannot predict the voice of something that was to pass, to come and is to come, you know, forever is eternal, you're not at that same level. I've spoken about the authority that you have to choose your human experiences, but if you want miracles, the revelations of God unraveling kingdom promises, I think then um, let's, let's read into uh, what that, why I feel like, you know, 
moving away from affirmations will give you that opportunity to experience that. Thank you so much again. My name is Zetuzwana and you're listening to Black to Health Wellness Lifestyle.